Hi, this is Steve Grimmett, choking on a mini jelly bean from Grim Reaper. <laughs> You're listening to a brutally delicious podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, Steve, that's my partner, uh, Rena, and I've got my other partner, Chris. He had to step out for a second, but he'll join us here in a minute. I believe, yeah, he's, okay. I believe he's still in this. So, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. We were just talking about it. I've been, you can help me out here. I've been a fan and had it on vinyl, the original See You in Hell. How long ago was that? 83? Yep. I was right, 83. Yeah, 83. Wow. Long imagine, time ago. <laughs> yeah, holy cow. I was in high school. Do you ever imagine you'd still be doing this kind of stuff? No. To be quite honest, no. Everything that I've ever done has been a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, even now, because we, I started Steve Grimmett's Grim Reaper in, I think it was 2001. And uh, <clears throat> I was just about to to give up on the industry and say, you know what, I've had enough, blah, 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 blah. And uh, we did um, a German festival called Keep It True. And I, I couldn't believe the response that we got. So it was like, uh, I think there's something in this, guys. So let's carry on doing it and maybe even write another album, you know, a new album. So uh, and, and and basically that's how it's co continued. Awesome. So – I know it's been um, – Chris, you here? Chris, no, you here? Still, still out with the dog. No, he just <laughs> said he's in the conversation. Okay, oh. never mind. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, yeah, Steve. It's okay. Um, so over the years, I mean, it's it's been – you've had different morphings of the band, and you've actually had your fair share of tragedy. How do you keep going on and keep persisting? Uh, well, it's it's partly that, that, you know, it, keep, it, it makes me keep going. Uh, there is one one factor uh, that keeps me going. It's not just just it's the fans, really. Right. And um, you know, when I was laying in hospital, losing my my right leg, um, the fan the, the fans in Ecuador kept pouring in every day. In fact, security had to get a lot tighter to stop them coming in. It was that really, bad. yeah, yeah. And that there was over three three hundred people on the day that I left the hospital. There was over three hundred people waiting outside to see me off. You know, it was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, that's that is amazing. It it was yeah, and and that's what keeps me going. It's not just those guys in Ecuador, or you know, it's everybody. They they'll come and see me because we always after every show we always sort of like towel down and go straight outside and meet the fans for pictures and signing stuff. And um, you get to meet them. You get to hear a lot of things that they say to you about your music and, and about what it means to them. So it's, 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 it's fantastic really. And that's what keeps me going. Yes. We've had, I've had some, you know, band changes and stuff. But, I mean, that's kind of expected, I think, in, in most band situations because sure. you, you get pissed off with people and <laughs> the way they do things. And it's just like – so you you end up 
um, just you've had you just got to believe in yourself really and i'm probably at that crossroads again now um and so there might be some changes for me coming up but you right. know it, essentially it'll still be me and i it, uh, and and that's that really um and it, uh, because i love it and i love meeting the fans and, and all that sort of stuff so it's going to continue as long as i can awesome you have like these um really long time fans that you've actually formed uh like an actual friendship with yeah yeah i have um but but likewise i've got many new fans you know many teenagers that are the same it's yeah. it's very strange to be quite honest with you that you know i can't say why i've got some friends in a band in the uk here and they were going how did you manage that? How do you get the youngsters on your side? You know, that's well, I don't really know. And I don't, apart from producing music that they love. Right. And maybe, do you, like, do they maybe consider you as a, as like a, even like a father figure, like fatherly advice with industry related or, or otherwise just life lessons? I don't know. I really don't know. I can't put my finger on it. And, and I'm just grateful it's there. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Um, and I post uh, very little whilst I'm not working. And I, I won't be working now until um, 2022 um, because I am diabetic. Right. And, mm -hmm. and uh, some of the medication I take um, is uh, – conducive to catching it so uh covid 19 right. anyway that, and um so i won't be going out at all in fact my agent won't let me out until such time <laughs> as you know we've got some some form of cure or it's on a massive downward turn you know but, sure uh, i'm still doing a little bit of work um I'm, i've got uh, two recording studios one at home and then one at um one in Oxfordshire, and uh, I'm working both of those. I do work for other people at home, and I'm working with a band at the moment um, in my main studio. So I've, I've sort of got work, but it's it's not enough to to feed the kids, sort of thing. Right. <laughs> but so I, I have a question for you, and I don't know if you yeah. know the answer to this, but so you were right at the helm of the, I guess they call it the new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah. I mean, you were right at the cusp of it. Why do you think, and even though you're like super, I mean, there's true metalheads are become like a cult cult following of sorts, but why do you think you never, guys never made it like the same as some of the bigger bands? Because I think you were just as good. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I don't know that either. I mean, it's probably like Anvil, you know. Yeah, um, I guess you're right. But uh, I'm not unhappy with the situation. It doesn't upset me to a great deal, um, or it doesn't upset me, put it that way at right. all, because um, I can still go out there. I can do medium-sized clubs and, and larger clubs, some theatres, and I'm happy with that, right. you know? and I can make money doing that, and it, it, that's great. You know, it's, it's, I can't really ask for much more, because at the end of the day, 
the bigger the tour, the harder it gets. And, oh, and yeah. With only one leg, it's hard enough as it is, you know. So, um, I don't know. You know, maybe it'll happen one day, but I doubt it, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I was just curious. Sorry, Marina. I was just curious because, you know, I definitely had put you or Grim Reaper definitely at least back then right in with all these other bands. And yeah. I, I don't know yeah. how that didn't translate because to me it should have been, you know, translated just as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does make sense. Um, I, uh, I I don't know is the answer. Yeah, well, we no, have it. we. Fine. But then again, you know, sort of like you said that you really enjoy meeting the fans and 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 just having that close relationship with them, and I think yeah. it's more of a possibility to do that when you're not a giant band, but you get to be more intimate with your following. Yeah, yeah, you can, and I guess that, uh, yeah, I guess that 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 allows us to do that, um, but. Uh, uh, I, I'm just thinking about some of them now. Actually, the very first one I did in uh, where was it Brazil? I, I did say, you know, I'll go meet the fans afterwards, and uh, they, they were going to put me at the front foyer of this uh, club, and uh, I got mobbed. I literally <laughs> got pushed on the ground so I couldn't stand up, and they ended up putting me upstairs and letting four fans in at a time for pictures and signatures and stuff. And uh, it basically worked out I was up there for three and a half hours. <laughs> wow. I've heard South American fans are fanatics. Oh, total fanatics. Total, total. It's, um, you know, if you, if you ever want to describe how you would like to be treated, go there. Because um, it's it's phenomenal. Um and uh, and they love their music, you know. Right. They really do. And and like you say, they are fanatical. All right. So I think Chris is back. Chris, are you there? I'm here. Hey, Chris. Meet Steve. Hey, Steve. Hi. So, sorry, Hi, Chris. my dog had an emergency. I had to take him outside. That's okay. So we have quality podcasting here, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so my. mine mine gets the shits every so often too. <laughs> <laughs> It's, Very uh, fun. He's, he's he's sixteen and a half now, and right, um, yeah. and uh, he's having some issues. So yeah, just trying to work yeah. through with him, you know. Yeah, I get it. I had like an old dog. She's now passed on over the Rainbow Bridge. But when she yeah. got older, and I live in Finland, so we yeah. get really cold winters. And when it would get like absolutely freezing in the winter, she would go have a shit in my sauna in the night. Have to in the snow in the morning. Oh man! I'll I'll tell you this. So my dog, my dog has early onset dementia right now, and uh, and uh, he's also got his back is messed up. So lots of times he doesn't know where he is or what he's doing. Sometimes, yeah. And uh, so the last few weeks have been a real struggle because I take him out, you know, at midnight or whatever, and then I go to bed. And I wake up in the morning and he's just curled right up in the beside me. And I get out of bed and there's a huge pile of shit in the spare room. And <laughs> I don't even and he doesn't know he does it. Like he just no. kind of he's just like, Oh, I gotta go. And then he goes. Yeah. So I've been working like 
we got to relearn to go outside. So as soon as he comes, <laughs> as soon as he comes downstairs, I'm like, let's go now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve, I know you didn't tune in or join us to talk about dogs shitting. No. <laughs> but, that, but that is, that is part of life. You know, if you have a dog, if you have a dog then you're dealing with shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kids and animals get prepared for excrement. That is yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So what is, uh, what's on the agenda for Grim Reaper now? I know you said you're at a crossroads. Are you looking at writing new material? I know you can't tour at the moment, but should we expect new material at all? Yeah. Uh, we are, are actually writing a new album at the moment as we speak. Uh, I'm also writing uh, the second, I don't know if you've ever heard of Grimstein, which was a band that I started with um, Steve Stein, an American guitarist out there, phenomenal guitarist. Um, you want to look him up if you don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, and we've got our second album. We've got all the stuff written. It's just a question of now writing, uh, actually not writing, sorry, recording it. So I've got all the musicians in place ready to go. Studio's waiting for me to do it. Um, I'm just because Steve is a, a very, very busy guy. He does uh, these online lessons and stuff. Um, and uh, he's very, very busy guy. So it's just waiting for him to have some downtime so we can start. Are you doing most of the writing then? Are you guys bouncing stuff back and forth via emails? Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I'm doing. Yeah. For, for both, for both things actually. Yeah. What's like your um, uh, target schedule for for releasing the new stuff? Well, I haven't really because I don't know because it, I I firmly believe in old school everything how we record, yeah, how we schedule and all that. I I don't want to have uh, the album could be ready, but I don't want to put it out until we can tour it. So. I don't yeah. believe that there's a, you know, it's it's like the film industry at the moment, isn't it? You know, they're not putting films out because people can't go to the cinemas. So, right. so I see little point in in having to rush stuff ready um, until we can tour it. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but do you think it's actually made making the new music easier? This this COVID situation where people are kind of forced to have all this time on their hands and maybe they can use it for this then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what we've been doing. I, I, um, I've been doing. Excuse me, I'm eating jelly beans, and I shouldn't be. Anyway, but one, one, one just got stuck in the back of my fucking throat. <laughs> so it's gone. No choking, dude. No, don't oh, choke sorry. Going to be a podcast where the green first singer dies. Yeah. yeah, dying on a jelly bean. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, I forgot where I was with that. Um, yeah, what just was I saying? Time on your hands and and like just taking this time actually could be a benefit. The COVID situation. Yeah, I do because we're not being pressured. I'm not being pressured by my label into getting stuff out. So that's you know that's a great thing to be fair. Um, so uh, it it is just a question of getting it all together. You know the guys that. That, uh, that the Reaper guys are busy writing material now. I think we've got about eight songs. Um, 
but I've been, I haven't been very well actually for the last six weeks and uh, I haven't really done a lot. So it's a bit of a, that's a bit of a pain as well. But, um, so all I can keep doing is promising them that I will get on with it as soon as I feel better. Uh, I am getting there, but, uh, still not great, but, um, that. yeah. So, and you know, the same with Steve, I mean, Steve and I have been working, uh, online actually as far as a uh, a lockdown band we did uh heaven and hell uh oh, a couple of months a few months ago now and we got uh, over half a million likes which really? is incredible yeah yeah which is That's absolutely amazing. incredible i think if if dio would have done it he might have reached about 120,000 but <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why we got a hundred? You know, five over five hundred thousand. I do not know, because we since then we've also done um, Stir the Night, White Snake, uh-huh. and that that didn't that didn't even come anywhere near close to that. So uh, we're doing an Iron Maiden one shortly. Well, it, it, the vocals are done. I'm not quite sure what else has to be done. Um, it, it's got to be close because they're asking me to do a video. So uh, that will be done fairly shortly too. So the next one is ready and we've got one more after that to do. So, Man, I did, uh, I, I did one of those and we did Holy Diver and we're at like 768 yep. plays. We can't even match half a million. <laughs> Not even close. Penny, Chris. Yeah. It was, it was, um, I think it might have been the fact that, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick Bocock joined us on that first. Well, he's, he's part of the whole thing now anyway, but it could have been the excitement of the fact that Nick and I were working together. I don't know, but, um, it's, um, uh, it did the trick, whatever it was, you know, well, We'll see what happens with Iron Maiden because it's. Um, Which Maiden tune are you doing? Are you allowed to oh, say? I can't say? No, no, not until it comes out. Oh, <laughs> man. But yeah, we. Um, we promise we, we won't tell anybody. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's but not yeah, recorded uh, so, or anything, but it no. is. <laughs> no, of course not. No. Um, yeah, so. so We'll see, because obviously Iron Maiden are a very popular and massive band. So we'll see if that happens. And if it's not, then we know that everybody still loves uh, Dio, which I know that's the case anyway. Um, Or they got excited about the fact that Nick and I might be working together. What was it like? What was it like doing Still the Night? Like that is like one of the heaviest. Like I know that gets kind of bulked into like the hair metal stuff. But for me, it really isn't part of that situation it's it that's like one of the heaviest grooves of the 80s you know how did how was attacking um i know adrian vandenberg didn't play on that i think it was john sykes wasn't it yeah it was yeah and and then rudy sarzo and was it tommy aldrich who did the drums i think like how how was it attacking that that heavy of a groove to pull off uh easy (laughs) (laughs) it was it was uh, because you know, I was brought up on that stuff. Uh, 87 came out while I was still touring and I got a copy of it and I played it to death. Um, 
it's right up my street really i love that sort of stuff so it was relatively easy to do um and no more difficult than any other song i've sung um but um it was it, it was great i've got to say it was great because it's one of the great songs out there you know it really is oh absolutely every time it comes on when it goes i'm like yep. yes <laughs> I, just fuck, I just about damn near cream my jeans every time it happens i'm just nice like, <laughs> we, we did not need that oh sorry <laughs> well no we didn't but hey there it is on a plate <laughs> oh, hey how you doing sorry sorry i just got excited because as soon as i hear that song every time i hear that song i'm like fuck this yeah. is no it's a great song it's it, so it unique it truly is it is it's a fabulous song and uh yeah it, it well warranted our attention oh yeah so steve i don't i know you don't have a crystal ball and none of us do but where do you see the music business landing on the flip side of this um no different really uh as far as music industry is concerned because that already died a death and and has resurrected itself in the the the, the shape and form of independent labels um so i don't think that's going to change much um what may change is the the clubs you know some of them may not open again uh some of them will but some of them may not you know Um, i was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks ago um they want to come over here and play i said what for you won't make any money you won't get anybody to turn up and uh uh well it's just the experience of playing in the uk oh i'll tell you now you're wasting your time (laughs) yeah right yeah i think i think that's going to be the biggest challenge after this is all over is people have spent you know the better part of a year and by the time it's over probably a year and a half two years being afraid to socially interact yeah and and that creates a mindset and yeah, I think does. that's actually going to be one of the bigger hurdles of live music coming back is is that. Because there's some people yeah, that agree. are going to run out and go instantly. But there's a lot of people yeah. that are going to be pretty conservative about about doing stuff like that. Yeah, I think I think initially we're going to have, you know, uh, a, a rush back to the to the clubs because people are going to be so starved of it. It's going to be unreal. Um, and I also think that, um, you know, like you say, some people will be like, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether to. I don't know. Um, but when you get starved of something like that, you go crazy, don't you? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think to be fair, I think that um, I think it's going to be good. You know, I really do. So. I hope you're right because I'm dying. I'm one of those that are totally jonesing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I am too. Um, yeah, a lot of us are. We, yeah. We've been able to, like, you know, here in Helsinki, like some yeah. gigs are being played, or here in Hel- or here in Finland, altogether. But it's like you know, there's this massive responsibility for the media on how they report things because um, the father of my child runs uh, some venues here in Helsinki, yeah. and like a report that said that one of their venues, Anivali, that there was somebody had attended that was then confirmed to have Corona 
But so a lot of people were exposed, but no infections actually came of that. But since yeah. that news bit, they have been hosting events to an empty venue since. Yeah. Yeah, because so, yeah. yeah, as soon as people hear that, they're not going to go. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like you said, that some of the venues are not going to make it. A lot of yeah. them are not going to make it if this goes on for a lot longer. And I think that's yeah. a bigger problem than yeah. whether people are still going to be making music or wanting to see gigs or wanting to play them. Yeah. But yeah. we get the audience or do we have the venue? Do we have the like place to go and play? That's yeah. going to be a big question. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, uh, I think to start off with the beginning of, of uh, I've been asked to do a couple of these, um, uh, oh, what do you call them? A show with no audience. Um, like a live stream. Oh, yeah. Live stream. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Live stream. Um, and I'm going to do that just to keep us in the, the forefront of what's going on. Uh, um, you know, we're still here. We're still, you know, chomping at the bit to get out and see you guys and, um, you know, bear with us. You've got to bear with us. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're all in the same boat. We everybody gets it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I actually paid to see a live stream, uh, like about a month ago. Yeah. So the Monsters of Rock cruise, they do these live streams every weekend. Yeah. And you know, like I'm kind of an '80s hair metal guy, so yeah. LA Guns was doing a live stream, and uh, so I paid to see it. It was ten bucks to see it, and it was a disaster. I mean, really, you, you couldn't get in. You couldn't, like, you got your codes, but it didn't work. And then eventually they just refunded everyone's money and put the stream up so you could watch it, Yeah, which was fine. But since then, they've gotten a lot better and their streams are going pretty smoothly. That, yeah. was, that was, like, their first one that they really tried to kind of make happen. But the sound quality was great. Um, yeah. The videography was great. They just had a few yeah. technical hurdles to get over. Yeah, we, we, we've been asked to do one at uh, KK's... Mill, I think it's called, the you know, KK mill. Downing. Yeah. Steel, steel Mill, yeah. We, we've been asked to do one there. Um, so we're in, so not negotiation, but, you know, we're going through all the, the technical stuff that needs to be done, uh, what what they need from us and that kind of stuff at the moment. So, yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Let but us, yeah. let us no, know when it comes out so that we can I share will. it. I will. Yeah, I will. Chris, I mean, go ahead, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go. Uh, yeah, but it's you know it's not the same though the stream gigs and apparently no. like you know that the it was a fad in the in the spring but they're you know losing popularity yeah. and, and like you know you, you you can have the can of beer in your living room but you can't really feel the bass can you like, you no. know it's not when you're not in the crowd so yeah. I think that's like a very very um plausible. A solution to this problem of, of like yeah. shows, and, and then it comes to the whole like whose gig is worth watching. Like I know Beamer yeah. just did a amazing uh, live stream gig, and they said that they spent more money on that stream gig than they did on the album. Yeah, and, you know, it, like it, it all becomes about the production values and so on and so on, and then it becomes who has the money to use. Yeah. So, I think we, we need to find like some sort of other solution, whether it be like drive-in gigs, you know, those were also like thrown out there. As a yeah. Thing. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. That I would totally go to a drive-in gig. Yeah. Yeah. But is that a nightmare for a sound guy? 
Um, it, it is uh, absolutely. It probably is. Yeah. But that's not that's that's not my job. <laughs> and you think like you know that technology could then like you know that you can bring a you uh, like a Bluetooth speaker or something in your car. Yeah, you get, like yeah, a that's, that's how it works. That's, that's how because we're we're getting a lot of illegal raves going on in the UK at the moment, and some of them are, are what they call a silent rave. And I was like, well, how the hell do they do that? Well, of course, they, they transmit on Bluetooth. You just take your phone along with you, hook right. in and put your earphones in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 So that's how that's done. And that's how a drive-in would be done, I, I would imagine. They could just put but it on I don't an know FM how. transmitter. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, or even that. Yeah. I don't know how they would do it because, like I say, that's, that's not my job. So... Uh, so right. that's their that's their problem, not mine. But yeah, yeah. I think I mean, if you use speakers though, with all the metal and glass, I mean, it sounds heavy. But uh, <laughs> from a reflective point of view, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. So it'd probably be better to to broadcast in Bluetooth and listen to it over your phone. Uh, so that'd be pretty good, I should imagine. Yeah. Interesting. That's all I've got, Chris. You got anything else? I don't, man. Thank you so much for joining us and putting up with dog shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have I mean, fun with that. Well, that actually, first, when I said that, that I, was, I wasn't referring to my dog. I was referring to Bruce, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Was that the first interview you've ever done where we've talked about dog shit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Rena, do you have anything? I'm good. I'm good. It was so nice talking to you, Steve. Anytime you like. Okay. Stay, okay, stay in touch. Stay yeah, in touch. And- Steve, thank you very much. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. Yeah. Hey, stay safe out there. Yeah. Hopefully Andrew, we'll get buddy. to see you on the road sometime soon. Be well, my yeah. friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah Andrew. Take care, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. 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 We there? Yeah. Another good one. Nice guy. Oh, so, yeah. So <laughs> I love that he was like the the crunching of the jelly bean back. <laughs> we were talking about dog shit on an interview, so anything goes at this point. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, you right, know what so. I like? Welcome to my 120 seconds or less of Brutally Delicious. I'm Ashley, and this week we are checking out Ambassador, which comes straight out of freaking Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where all that good-ass food comes from. So... <laughs> Ambassador is kind of like a like dark, dirty, kind of punk rock sounding band. Um I don't even I I guess I think every single fucking band in the entire world should just make up their own genre and run with it. Because it's so weird. You know, you ha- you can have like hippie friends, you know, that listen to like whatever. I- what a hippie people like maybe Jimi Hendrix or something Bob Marley I don't know your hippie friends will at least have a song you know that they probably would fancy and then of course you know any other normal person who actually likes rock metal you know punk are easily gonna fall in love with this um, this new album even their their debut album I think it was called Belly of the whale I think belly of your mom I, I think it was belly of the whale 
and uh, <laughs> it was fucking incredible. Their new album, which I haven't listened to the entire the entire album yet, but the few songs that I have listened to, they are as captivating as their debut album. And it's really cool when you can tell, you know, a band has not strayed from their like original sound, but you can tell that they're growing. Cause like I think Corn did that one time. Fucking I hate that. I mean I love dubstep shit, but anyway. Uh yeah. So <laughs> this new album that Ambassador is coming out with, Carevale, Carevale, I don't know what it's called. I can't, I'm so stupid with words. I cannot stand this. Anyways, it's fucking coming out September 18th. And if you want a little sneak peek of it, have a little, you want a little sneak peek of it in your ear, just pay attention to this background background music whatever and uh yes i think it's in like just a few days go check it out and catch you next time The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.